Welcome to the Kitchen Island Podcast. Good evening, my friends. The Kitchen Island Podcast is here to give you our thoughts as we keep on watching the World Cup. And Tommy, we decided to take a pause because Canada is eliminated from Qatar 2022. And instead of following uh, the round of 16 at the moment, we decided to talk a bit about Canada because, um, again, everyone knows at this point that it's their first participation in the tournament, 36 years. And we really want to kind of get our thoughts about the team, how they perform, the expectations, and all that fun stuff, and how it went down. Yeah, a bit of a postmortem of how the World Cup went for us. And, you know, it's the first one in 36 years. So, um, I mean, there's just, I don't know what I can feel here, Tom. Let's just get right into it. You know what I mean, because yeah. I think we should look at the, we spoke about this on air, but I think the kind of skeleton to, to, to follow is, you know, what's our experience, the, the expectations of the public, the actual performance. Was this an actual, was this a successful tournament or not? Did, the, did everyone show up and they played well? And how we see, um, the, the national team moving, the men's national team moving forward in the future and uh, things to build on, Tommy. Yeah, exactly. And in terms of, I'm just going to jump right into the almost like the feeling of how it was, what it was like. I mean, we are, you know, without revealing too much, but we were born, both born around the, around the time, the last time Canada was in the World Cup. So this was really the first time as, you know, Canadians watching our team in a World Cup. And you know, even though, you know, the results didn't go up, it was still a great feeling. I mean, every in every other World Cup I've watched, you know, you look who's in, you pick a team, usually, you know, usually lean towards a team like Italy or somebody else. You choose a team and then you sort of pick that team. Now we didn't have to do that. This was our team. And this was a, our country, our guys. And it was a great feeling. It was so much, so much more exciting to be able to watch our team in the World Cup. Absolutely agreed. Um, and for myself, just to kind of echo what you said, Tommy, um, being able to cheer for 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 something that that's that's ours, that's relatable, was was amazing. You know what I mean? And and as a Liverpool supporter, I usually follow Liverpool uh, players and and whatnot. But this was something else. And Tommy, we watched a couple. We watched a game together, and and every once in a while, I find myself make making little noises or comments about, like for example, the the Belgium team. Oh, that could have been a nice pass. Then I realized, like. No, no, I'm cheering for the other team because it's not, it's it's something new, you know, it's something new because we do appreciate football in general too, right? So, um, so anyway, it was definitely um, an experience, but with that, Tommy also came exp- uh, expectations, expectations, which I was kind of um, um, scared of for, for the regular Joe for, or maybe the, um, you know, those fans who wore the 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 red tinted uh uh glasses, we'll put it that way. I think that the real yeah, the expectations, there's a lot of unnecessary pressure I felt that were heaped on him. A lot of the guys down on the Voyagers, I love the Voyagers to death, but some of those guys got really, really, really intense about it, saying we're gonna beat, you know, we're gonna beat Belgium, we can easily beat Croatia, Morocco, they're a pushover. And we'll move on. And some of that fit in, like some of the TSN coverage was very much like these are winnable games. And there was, and I think that that added unnecessary pressure. And you did notice it with some of the jittery performances. Yeah. So I, I think that we we weren't there to just be happy to be there. 
Mm. But we also had to temper our expectations mm. and like who we're going up against. If you yeah. look at the teams we're playing against, we're playing against, you know, obviously Belgium. Yeah, yeah. Every time we to Belgium, number two ranked in the world. That doesn't mean anything, but still a Belgium that features Kevin De Bruyne and Eden Hazard and Axel Witzel and all these guys and a Croatia team featuring Luka Modric and, um, you know, and a, a, a Morocco team featuring uh, Hakimi and uh, Ziyech. Yeah. Some fantastic, fantastic players. So we were right to expect, to hope for, or to at least expect the guys to be in the game mm-hmm. and to give a good performance, but to like expect the team to get out of the group stage and, you know, make the quarterfinals or some of the others. Like, that was unrealistic. I I do I I definitely I definitely agree. Um, there was there was good hype around it, and I appreciate that. I I saw through. I, I sorry I looked past some of that the the unrealistic expectations because I love the hype. I love the 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 people getting behind the team, and we've said this on previous pods. Like I I I rode that that wave um, while still keeping my head, but you know what? I let myself go every once in a while, especially after Belgium that we'll we'll get into. Um, but we also like going into the tournament, we also saw a team that was united. Maybe we had a little bit of talk off field stuff that, but, but it seemed like it was like a flash in the pan. Like it didn't stay in the news that long. It, it, it seemed like whether it was resolved or not, but either way, it, it, it kind of filtered through the news pretty fast, but you saw a Canadian team, a, a group of, of men who they just seem united together and, and ready for this challenge. And I think part of even when we're talking about some of the off the field stuff, that was almost like a united mm. against the executives of CSA over the Jersey yeah. stuff. So these were a real, yeah, exactly what we're talking about. And these guys, they, I mean, there's one thing like, like what Jay, uh, sorry, Jay, um, Evan talked about uh, with the United States about not being a consistent team. I think a big advantage was that Herdman was picking a consistent group of, group of players. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a few here and there, but these are 26 of about 30, 30 guys that have played uh, played most of the qualifiers. So I think that, that that was a big part of it. But yeah, you're right. The unity in the team was so, 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 so fun to see. And these guys being there for one another and being all for, for one. Absolutely. So let's jump into the performances because that, with all that, um, again, John Herdman leading leading the team. Um, I, I think he's, he's, he's fantastic uh, until a certain point that we'll get into. But um, Belgium was up first, man. And honestly, again, we we knew what this Belgian team could do, but we didn't know how bad this Belgian team didn't play, how, how bad they became. I don't know. It is what we're I'm missing words here. I don't know. It just straight up how bad this Belgian team the actually hill. performed. Over the this 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 is how over the hill this Belgian team was. Mm-hmm. And they were it was worse than I thought they were gonna be. And mm-hmm. you know, the one thing about the, the Belgian performance, it was encouraging but still a lot of problematic things i mean yeah we had don't we dominated possession we had a lot of shots but not a lot of quality shots and our Mm. you know quality in the final third equality in the box was not amazing um even taking aside um alfonso the whole alfonso davies penalty thing miss thing it still was a lot of build good build up but not doing anything with it I did, Tommy. I did really notice that, and and every probably everyone noticed that, that we were high tempo direct football, and that really uh, caught uh, Belgium flat footed. Um, so for for me, it was 
it was okay. Maybe we can, maybe we can like um, build build on that. But I did realize that I think Tommy. I don't think we we know, and we'll we'll see as we get into the other games. You'll see that um, that's the only way we really knew how to play this tournament. Exactly, and that and you know high tempo direct is good, and um, and I think that it was it was definitely exciting to watch, and it's good that that we had a a consistent brand of football. But problem is with high tempo football comes, you know, a theme that'll creep into it, which is naivete. Um, it's there are certain moments, especially in the Croatia game, which we'll get into, where we were naive. Um, going two balls out, two run and gun. Um, it you gotta you gotta shore up. And this is one thing that going into the tournament I had the fear about was center backs and defensively yeah. and defensive lapses. And um, it showed in the Belgium game because we were like, we dominated the first half, but then some dubious marking of Michibashuai, who's a player that neither of us rate um, to get in and to get in behind the defense and score the only goal of the game. Yeah, no, exactly. So um, looking at Canada though, um, Estacchio, I love the way he played, man. I really, really can appreciate how he's improved and the player he's becoming. Cause I, he, I think he he will keep improving in, in that in that position. Um, Davies with did Davies things. Uh, Fonzie, we we knew what he was going to bring, and he and he didn't uh, disappoint in that sense. Um, again, in in the Belgium game, the only question for me was unfortunately Jonathan David, and I think it was a theme for his tournament where he was very timid, maybe stage fright a bit. Didn't bring him didn't bring him into the game also. So um, that that I noticed, and you already mentioned the the center backs being being exposed with uh, one direct, but we knew that was the weak point. But that's okay. Yeah, exactly. And it's in terms of Jonathan David, it, it, sort of the line on him though, the scouting line was that he's their their marksman. So I think that there was a lot of focus played to him, and some of the other guys weren't able to um, really take up the predatory goal scoring because they focused a lot on David and they sort of played him out of the game, but you know, Hoylet and Buchanan and Davies, especially in the Belgium game, they weren't able to fill that goal scoring void. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So we're all hyped up, man. What a game. We lost the game, but what a game, Tommy. And we're just like, you know what, man, this is a very good showing people who didn't even follow Canada, you know, in, in Europe and around the world were saying, you know, Canada, Wow, what a performance, this and that. Canada's here. They're on the stage. Good for you, this and that. And then Herdman gets hyped up. And I will, I am 100% about the fact that he wanted to hype up his boys. He want he it was a rally cry, and he just came out with the wrong, with the wrong line, Tommy. Yeah, exactly. For those minutes, I mean, you know, we it's an adult show. He said something, say he said something, he included the words fuck Croatia in yeah. his post-game comments. And Again, naivete. The Croatian tabloids jumped on this. The oh. media jumped on it, uh, and it became it became what everyone was talking about, and it just became a really unnecessary distraction. Yeah, and there was already a lot of the Croatian media already because of, particularly because of Milan Borjan, who's Serbian, and you know, for those, yeah. who, for those who know anything about it, Serbia, Croatia, not the best of friends. So, so there was already that ammunition for the um for the Croatian media to get amped up about, and they just mm -hmm. they just piled it on, and so it just became an unnecessary distraction because the Croatian media was they ate it up. They ate and, it up. And Tommy, I thought it was stop at the tabloids, but unfortunately, it actually made it to the Croatian coach, 
who yep. mentioned that, you know, he, he mentioned um, uh, respect, right? Maybe again, maybe he wasn't um, creepy, if that's the right word, uh, to, to the, uh, the actual video of what Herman said or the context of it, but he was, you know, he caught wind of it and, and he spoke about respect uh, for, for, for every single country. And um, so, so, so yeah, that was unfortunate uh, leading up to this game. And Tommy, what, what worried me, and we spoke about it, was the midfield three of Croatia. And I, I said, this is another beast. You know what I mean? Like even, I, and I always compare it to to this and, and too bad Jay's not with us at the moment because basically I see it as Canada went in as a young boxer wanting to knock Croatia out in the first round. And Croatia just kind of, Size them up, size them up, jab, jab, you know, one, two, one, two, kind of tired uh, Canada out and eventually beat them. Um, but coming back to to Boran's uh, family, I actually, so I, I read a bit about this and I, and I listened to a part about it. Basically, guys, in a nutshell, what happened during during the war is that Serbian, Serbian families had to free that area of, had to flee, sorry, that area of Croatia uh, when the civil war broke out, right? So the 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 K nine, I think it was K nine nineteen, was it K N nineteen? But the, it was on a John Deere uh, uh, flag. So the the thing about the John Deere is that these families is, were so desperate to escape that they actually rode tractors out. So that's where the John Deere kind of reference happened. So this is in very very poor taste. I mean, just reminding like, hey, you, we kicked you out, this and that. It's just it just really sucked, right? And it's it's and and maybe the 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 security guys at the stadiums weren't aware of this you know they didn't I, recognize I, this sign the I, flag. I, think it, I i think it's that same it is because it's a little bit of a it's not necessarily if you don't know you don't necessarily know yeah. about the, the history behind it it's like some of the banners like when like when Celtic and Rangers go abroad, sometimes they get into some some of the nastiness that gets through security there because the fans in the, the security don't know what it's talking about, um, and then it this net this net the ugliness uh, uh, comes through. Uh, so I think I think it's just security not realizing. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, but the day comes. Let's let's go back to the footy. The day comes and Croatia ends up slapping Canada around four to one, and. Um, Man, were we ever hyped up with that first? So history was made, Tommy. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> Fonzie, header, brilliant cross from from Buchanan, and um, first goal in 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 the World Cup. Tommy, yeah. am I not in mistaken? The, yeah, first, yeah, exactly. Canada's yeah. first ever goal in the men's World Cup. Yeah, yeah. So um, that was super cool, super hype. And again, Tommy, I let down my guard and thought, yes, the boys can do it. Yes, let's run them to the ground. But Tommy, experience kicked in. Experience kicked in, and you could sort of see it coming because, you know, we dominated the first about 20 minutes of the game, and then, like you said, Croatia slowly, and then when you guys got, like, an experienced head like Modric and, you know, Kovacic, who's an experienced head, but he's still got the athleticism. Like, Modric, you know, you could argue Modric slowing down a little bit, and they just just used their creativity and used their experience on the big stage to... To come at us and then yeah. we concede twice before halftime yeah and we Tommy, were... i think can, can we point something out because um we we follow footy maybe a little closer than the average joe but for those who don't man if if you ever watch this game again or, or you know in the in the next when croatia plays next 
look how much ground, not only is he quality, Tommy, but look how much ground Luka Modric covers. Yeah. He doesn't stop. He mm. really doesn't stop to a point where just like this, <laughs> this guy's everywhere, you know? And then, uh, and then you have Kovacic who's, who's, who's a ball winner. You know, he, he tackles, wins, wins the ball as well. I mean, that trio right there absolutely put us out of the game. And not not to mention the fact that, in my opinion, our midfield, the center mids, and, and again, Estacchio has 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 developed really, really nicely, um, but he can't hold that midfield on his own. And so they out, totally outplayed us in, in the mid and then exposed us on, on the wing pretty, pretty easily. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I love Atiba, but Atiba was just right. completely overrun because Modric yeah well Brozovic because you know Brozovic who was sort of holding back and sort of covering a little bit which which released Modric and Kovacic to go forward a bit and you you got you got Brozovic sort of covering back and then yeah Modric was everywhere and Mm -hmm. you had Kovacic winning the ball and quickly getting to Modric and suddenly like out of nowhere Modric has 20 yards of space (laughs) to get get seemingly to get the ball to to one of the forwards and it was just the same yeah it was because we just couldn't keep up. We just didn't know how to handle him. Yeah. I just don't think that they, we the midfield, particularly Estacchio and Hutchinson, they knew what to, didn't know what to do with Madrid because he was just yeah. everywhere. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder tactically too, if Herdman would have changed a couple of things, whether or not that would actually make a difference. I'm not sure, but because of that, that quality, but I definitely think that we were very, we were humbled. We, yeah. we were very humbled. And, um, that guaranteed that we were going home just I, I can't remember the schedule exactly but maybe a day or two after Qatar was confirmed that was going home as well so going into the last game Tommy Qatar and Canada were the only two teams who had hit the showers early yeah yeah that was disappointing and it was I think because a performance like a result like the Croatia result was just one of those things that we were just we were worried about. We were worried that there would be three games like that, yeah. and the fact that we got one is a bit disappointing. But that we had some moments of quality. Like those first twenty minutes, we played really well. Yeah. Then it unfortunately games are ninety minutes, and yeah. Croatia they bided their time and they they hit us. Yeah, and um, again, we played ourselves on Tommy, myself included, myself included. Uh, we played ourselves on in terms of of what this team, um, the level of this team was was able to play, but um, but again, um, so before the tournament, they spoke about Belgium being old there for the taking. Holy crap, they were almost there for the taking. Croatia, they're old. They're not the team they used to be that made it to the 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 World Cup finals. Um, was it Euro finals? No, it was World Cup. Yeah, yeah World, World Cup, Cup final. Yeah. yeah, so. They're not the same team. Boom, they smash us 4-1. They are the same team. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And then lastly, if uh, the uh, the discussion was before a tournament, if there was somewhere that Team Canada, the men's team, can get points, it was off Morocco. So we went into the last game knowing that um, our, our, our stay at the World Cup was over, but let's be as competitive as possible and get at least a point here, get something from this game. Um, Astakio out with an injury, huge, huge, uh, issue there for, for the team. Um, David, Jonathan David was dropped if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a bit of a mix up. There was a, the, the John Herman mixed, mixed the team up a bit, not a lot, but enough. 
But Tommy, um, based on how Morocco was playing, uh, even previous to, to Canada's game and the qualifying, we knew again that this team was not going to be um, any uh, a slouch. Yeah. They weren't scrubs going going to this game. So, um, Tommy, we 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 started off the opposite of the other games. We actually started off pretty poorly and and hot in the sense that we're like almost losing our heads. Yeah, yeah. No, it was bad. And you know they scored. So Morocco scored twice in the first twenty five minutes, and at that point in the game, after the second goal went in, it was looking like it could be around. Morocco were we were just outplayed everywhere on the pitch. Um, you had Hakimi and Ziyech um, running the show. Um, uh, El Nesri uh, got the second goal. He was uh, really, really good. Um, you had Saïs in the center back, center back sort of keeping us going. It was looking bad. And then, yeah. but then, you know, just before halftime, you know, we got we got a second goal of the World Cup, but it was an own goal. And that's that that seemed to like to 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 bounce us a little bit. Tommy, I I really thought that. <laughs> One of our players is going to be sent off. You know, yeah, you know, Buchanan has a, a a young competitive edge to him. You know, what I mean, he has a young competitive uh, hothead. I guess we'll we'll call it that way, where he reacts to certain things. Um, and I saw him doing that, and I thought, man, this someone's going to get sent off in this game. You know, that I got I got really nervous. Um, but like you just said, halftime came in, we settled, uh, we 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 settled a bit, um, in in the sense that we started playing more. But the game was already gone. Like the, the I don't think nothing really. Like we didn't have a shot on target. We had five shots, but not a shot on target. Yeah. So we stayed in the game, played, but never were really threatening. Uh, um, to to a certain extent, I mind you, like Morocco did have well, they had six shots and two on target. So it wasn't like a, an all-out attack game either. But uh, we did see that uh, again. We were. It is true. We were the lesser of of uh, of the the countries in in this group. Yeah, and I think I I actually got annoyed when people were talking about Morocco being easily be like easy win because I skin it. There's still a lot of disrespect for African football in the media. Absolutely. And this Morocco team's really good. Yeah. Um. Look how do that. If you look at the guys that some of the guys they got. I mean, obviously I mentioned Ziyech and uh, Hakimi, but there's a lot of other lot of other guys that are really really good. Um. In this team, and they play as a team. Um, so Absolutely. whoever gets some, uh, I don't know who they're playing in the quarter of, in the round of 16, Spain, but, uh, Spain, um, uh, I, you know, Spain's really, really good, but that'll be tough, but it's not going to be easy for Spain. Nope. And, um, on top of that, um, Hey, they topped the group. They did. Morocco topped the group on the last day. And <laughs> it was the first time that an African team topped a group at a world cup since 1998. That's crazy. Yeah, That's Nigeria. Crazy. I just uh, it's yeah, just this is just from Wikipedia, but Nigeria, nineteen ninety eight, that great Nigerian team of nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, they were the team. last. They were the last uh, to African team to stop top a wow. group at a World Cup. Wow. So, um, so off we went, uh, Tommy, um, but but Tommy, I have to bring it up. The article, the CBC, the author, yeah, the 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 writer, right? This idiot. Um, I don't know him personally. I I just I don't know. I never heard of him previously. It's not that I'm Mister Football. Not that I that I I follow closely. But when CBC articles come out with footy related, I read them because they never come out right. Yeah. So previous to that, I never heard of this guy. So uh, this guy comes out and decides that he's gonna have a go at Davies. Now, from what I understand, 
in, in, in the media, and uh, Tommy, correct me if I'm wrong. Sponsor broadcasting, broadcasters, you have, players have an obligation to speak to them. Yes. And it, it would appear that in this case, it was TSN and BN Sports national, like uh, internationally, BN yeah. Sports. So Davies always spoke to them. Fonzie always spoke to them. Jonathan David spoke to them. Mm-hmm. Now there is a there is a media scrum, uh, and and from what I understand, that's like print media and then non sponsored uh, uh, yeah. media, not non tournament sponsored media. Which again, from what I for from what I read, a lot of those are covered through the press conferences that that you know the the coach usually has with a player beside him. Yeah. So, Tommy, lack of a better term, this this author from the CBC was butt hurt. Yeah. Because. Fonzie did not stop and talk to any of them. He just did the sponsored media. That being said, if I look, if I'm able to look at the other side, I do say like, hey, Fonzie, why didn't you say a couple of words? Fair enough. You know what I mean? Like, like I think that that's a healthy thing to, to question. But to come out with this fucking article, Tommy, that pretty much says that like he's the best thing, but might be the worst thing for, for the national team uh, because he doesn't talk to us. And then he pointed and out how much... Go ahead, Tom. And he's talking about, is his celebrity becoming a sideshow? <laughs> yeah. And then he goes on and starts pointing out the, the fact that Davies wears earrings. And it's just, it's the kind of bullshit that we see from UK tabloids when they talk about, you know, Marcus Rashford and Raheem Sterling, and all these guys being all too bling. And, I, you know, there, there's a theme to what kind of players get this criticism. Yeah. Yep, I I definitely agree. How much money he makes compared to his the person sitting beside him and stuff, just stupid shit. And I thought, and and yeah, I don't know if I sent you the rant for from Sid Cicero on on um, Breakfast TV, Toronto Breakfast TV, and he was I usually don't agree a lot with that guy, but he was spot on. Like he is the best. Bonzi uh, is the best thing to come from the men's national team. You know what I mean? Like it, he is, um. He's our for for now. He is our 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 hope of getting results. It, he was our hope of getting a result. Remember, we spoke about this. We said if we're going to score a goal, it's going to come from Fonzie. It's going to be a moment of brilliance. Yeah, you know I mean that, gonna that's be, he's going to be involved. Exactly, exactly. And so, um, and he, and he's given so much for his community too. From what I read, for giving so much back to the community, um, um for an, a forever grateful Canadian who came here as a refugee and, and recognized that Canada gave him life. And, and he's, he, without a hint, he says, I am representing Canada. You know what I mean? Yeah. With, without, without a, uh, thinking twice. And you come out with this article and, and we just, I felt like as fans, we didn't need this. And I'll tell you what though, the reaction to that article, I was happy about cause no one, no one in that feed, um, got behind it. Everyone, everyone ripped into that author. And I was really, really happy about that. Yeah, no, I think that in, it was rightly called out as being, yeah, it was just whiny. It was like whining. Yeah. Oh no, he won't talk to me nearly as much. Yeah. But well, it's the same thing. These players, yeah, they have their media obligations, but they also need time away back in the, with the team to like not, mm. a lot of this media stuff can be distracting. So mm. In some ways, I'm happy that he's not. He wasn't spending all of his time doing all, doing all these media, um, yeah. doing a bunch of unnecessary extra media engagements. 
And let's not pretend like he doesn't. But can we not pretend that Davies doesn't play for Bayern Munich, one of the best teams, uh, the most recognized, one of the most recognized teams in the world? Like if he's never spoken to the media, like he doesn't know what he's doing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it just, it's just, it pisses me off because they, they, um, he he knows fully well who like that he has an obligation to speak to or who to speak to and stuff like that. Like it doesn't. Anyway, um, so what what I want to kind of cover quickly, Tommy, is uh, the general reaction that I saw, and. Um, and that will kind of lead into where we go from here because I didn't fully, there was, obviously there's, there's, there's knee jerk reactions, but I, but some of those knee jerk reactions bothered me because it's crazy how quickly the sports fan can be, can become entitled. Yeah, We made, so like we said before, first time in 36 years, Tommy. And now we're talking about like, in order to make it to the next level, we need to leave the CONCACAF with, you know, it's the CONCACAF's fault that we didn't do well in this tournament. I was like, what on earth, Tommy? I, I don't know how you feel about comments like that. It's, yeah, I didn't know. To be fair, the, the comments, let's leave CONCACAF, that didn't come from anybody, journalists. It was sure. came from some sure. fans. Yep. And sure. it's, people get caught up in the moment and they get ahead of themselves with their horrendously bad takes. Yeah. And yeah, let's leave CONCACAF. Like, we're going to go. What, what are we going to do? Because they're saying, well, Australia did it. Well, that's a bit of a different story because Australia could easily justify going to the Asian Confederation because it's right there next door. And there was a really good reason and that Asian Confederation gets direct qualification. Yeah. Australia, they weren't progressing as a country by beating Gaia or whatever, South Polynesia 32 yeah. nothing. Um, so it made sense in the logical sense. Where's Canada going to go? Could join UEFA? Join... <laughs> Go join the, join the Common Bowl. Let's see how that's going to yeah, How's that going to go? But yeah, it, sure. what, I, what, I, what, I, what it bothers me, like something like that, is the disconnect because never, never has the US or, or Mexico ever made a comment like that. You know what I mean? Like, they, they why is it that their quality is so good uh, over uh, historically, and yet all of a sudden Canada needs to leave the the, the, the CONCACAF to, to get better? I'm a little, I'm a little confused. Like where, where the logic is, and again, like you mentioned, it's, that's fan base uh, comments and and follow threads like that, and and some of them play up, like uh, buy into that, yeah. right? I mean, um, you could make a very good argument to say that we need to play friendlies against better teams. Yeah, yeah, that that's fine too. But yeah. for me, Tommy, and and this is um, the, we'll just segue right into where we go from here. Is that it's not so much be, because you're not. You're not with your national team on a regular basis, Tommy. So where is gonna where you're going to improve uh, improve in terms of your uh, your your tactical skills, your your football knowledge, and that's getting regular um, high level exposure. And that let's be completely honest, that means going to the Europe. That's going yeah. to Europe. Get export Canadian players to Europe. Get them better exposure. It's not it's not the 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 Canadian the men's national team. If you depend on that for higher competition, then you will never improve because it's not enough. It's not enough games in a year. So yeah. you need to move to to, to Europe. Uh, and in that kind of context, Tommy, uh, today the the news broke that uh, Ismail Kone has been signed by Watford coming out of Montreal, which is huge, my friend. I did read a, some sort of in Udinese. Uh, Udinese. It was oh my god! Thank you so much, Jesus. Um, 
uh, connection there, but I'm not too sure about that. I think they're just, it's, I think it's kind of the same owner. So there's some, it's the same owner or, so, yeah, you know, they, have a, they have a connection that, yeah, those no, two but teams. I don't need too much of that, but um, Kone is making the move and we spoke about this in our group chat, Tommy. And I said, Kone needs to make a move to Europe. Mm-hmm. He, I, I rate him. I think he's very good. He's very calm on the ball. And and I, I really like the look of him. I was hoping for, for, you know, to follow the usual, like, Belgium or France move, um, which I think you'd get game time. I don't know the state of Watford right now. I don't know if he's going to get game time or not. It could, it could happen. Um, but there's, there's absolutely nothing negative here. This is a brilliant move for the kid. It definitely is. A, I think it's a good move. Number one, the championship is a, if we want game time, the championship's sort of go because they played so many games. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah sure. And this is a competitive team. They are right up in the playoff promotion promotion conversation. Um, they have, you know, they got a lot of players. Um, so that could, could be difficult for him to get game time. But if he can break into that team, that'll be excellent. My fears yeah. that end up being like Richie Lareo when he went to Nottingham Forest last year. And he ended up going there and not getting any game kind of time and then coming back to MLS on loan. So yeah. I hope that he, that the coach of the day will give him game time. Now, if you don't like the coach at Watford, you just got to wait a few weeks and then they'll replace it. <laughs> but, yes. you know, Slavin, yes. Slavin Bilic's been there for four months, so it's about time something's going to happen. <laughs> but in, in, all, in all seriousness, I I really hope he gets game time, and I just hope he doesn't end up where he just ends up um, in the uh, just uh, just on the bench. On the bench, wasting, wasting the important develop, development years. But he's going to have that training with with higher quality and stuff like that. So that's freaking great. Um, so as as we know, uh, just we have a, we'll give you five more minutes. Give me five more minutes of your time, guys. And because um, let's let's talk quickly about age of these players and we're moving forward into the next World Cup because Canada, U.S. and Mexico are going to host it. Um, for, first of all, I will say because I, I read a couple of like I think the whispers or comments that is John Herman the guy to keep on leading us. Absolutely, I think. From a Canadian point of view, that continuity is good. Whether or not John Herman himself is going to stay is a different story. I know that someone like him um, would like to make a move to an English team I, at like club level. Something something tells me he could move something like that. Use uh, uh, the, the the success of Canada and the exposure of Canada to his benefit. So, uh, but from the other side, I think definitely we we should keep him. Um, but Tommy, let's look at quickly the, the players were selected uh, for this tournament and where they might be in, in four years time. I know there's a lot of youth that are highly rate come that are not on this list. Um, I'm not a men's Canadian national team expert. So I'll let, I'll leave that to, to someone else to, to talk about the, the up and comers. Um, but if we look at the nucleus of the team, Tommy, I think they're going to be in their prime come the next world cup. Yeah. If we look at it, I mean, Eustachio 25. Um, Davies is 22. David is 22. Um, you got Alistair Donson, 24. He's just made a move to Celtic, which will be where he's going to be working with a, a coach I really rate highly, which is Ange Postacoglu, uh, Celtic manager. Look at some of the other guys. Uh, we're talking about Ike Ugbo. He's uh, he's a trois in France. He's 24. Kone is only 20. Um, some of the other guys. I mean, Lawrence 27. Sam Atakube is 27. Larey is 27. Um, there's a lot of guys in their mid 20s here. I mean, if you look at the team, I mean, we had. We had six guys over thirty and up. So Hutchison, who we know he's a, he's probably going to retire. He's he's thirty nine. He's 
I wouldn't be surprised to see him retire at the end of this season with Besiktas. Um, Steven Vittoria is 35. He's probably not going to be around. Milan Borian, he's 35, but he's a goalie. Maybe he'll be around next World Cup. But I think mm-hmm. next World Cup, if there's anybody, assuming he's, he gets back to health, I mean, that's that'll be likely Creposa um, as, as number one goalie. Um, and then David, guys like David Weatherspoon and Junior Hoylet and Osorio, yeah, they're probably going to sort of fade off into... You know, I, Tommy, just looking at, like, ro- romantically, uh, I'm glad the likes of Osorio, obviously Atiba, Atiba, um, um, even, uh, you know, I don't know much about Victoria, but he's, he's a little older, um, even even uh, Milan, you know, I'm glad they got this, got their World Cup, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Cause, and, and Junior Hoylet as well, because... Junior Hoyle has come pretty under the radar in terms of a career, but he's had a very good professional career. I mean, he he's ha- he's been up, he's been down in terms with with the teams, um, but he has had a solid career in, in in professional football. Yep, he's played. If you look at the where he's played, um, mostly times in Premier League and Championship with you know QPR, Cardiff City, mid table yeah. teams, but he's still first team regular at Reading in the Championship. Yeah, and he's 32, and he was a bit of a late bloomer onto the scene because don't don't forget there's a bit of a, like a will he won't he for the Canadian national team, right? Um, yeah. But yeah. he's been a really good servant, and he's a really good pro. Yeah, I yeah exactly. That's that's a perfect way to describe him. Um, but yeah, at, at the end of the day, I think that these players who um like I don't to be honest, I don't expect the the likes of Samuel Petit to to, to come back. Um. um and then, like the I don't know about Cornelius did, did all right, but you know um, the other center back. Why can't I see his name? Uh, what's it? Miller. 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 Yeah, I don't expect him to to, to come back. Um, but I think that as long as we get the exposure for our men's team, and there's a lot already in Europe, which I was very surprised about when I looked mm-hmm. at it deep uh, deeper, um, and we have a lot good things to to build on, and so moving forward i think i think we're going to be even better in this we take this world cup as an experience and herman as well if he sticks around look at the tapes again and and look how we can control games a little better be a little calmer but we do need the personnel for that so i think um with ishmael kone gonna play i think he's gonna be crucial next next world cup so i'm gonna keep an eye he's gonna bookmark like his get notifications for his career because i'm really curious to see but I think we can definitely uh, do something uh, moving forward, Tom. I think so, and like, and don't forget, we—it's not just we have players in Europe. We have players with playing Champions League, you know, yeah. Bayern Munich, Lille, um, Porto, Club yeah. Rouge, Celtic, um, the you know Red Star Belgrade. Um, these are you know Champions League playing against good opposition, and we got more guys coming in. We got um, Liam Fraser's playing in um, uh, Rome. In Belgium, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Liam, Liam Miller is with uh, with Basel in Switzerland, one of the yeah. top teams in Switzerland. Uh, Derek Cornelius is in Greece. Uh, I'm just looking through the list here. Sam Atakubi yeah. is in Turkey. You know, these are still competitive leagues, and absolutely, I would rate the Turkish Super League higher than MLS. Yeah, absolutely, agreed, agreed. So, tell me this last we have uh, just a few seconds left. So, I guess to just wrap it up, like we really enjoyed the ride, and basically, I'm not going to say much, really enjoy the ride, and there's a lot more to come from this national team. Absolutely. This is the best is yet to come. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this uh, Canadian pod. Uh, Tommy, always a pleasure. And we're going to come back with some more uh, Qatar 2022 World Cup. So uh, the competition is not done. So until next time, my friends.